be reading from the New King James Version. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk in worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glor glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, that, things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Love hearing Nolan read scripture. You know what it takes to stand up here and to look out there in that audience and read or to lead singing or to preach. It's a great job that he does and greatly appreciate it and the efforts that he puts forth and the willingness that he has to participate and to serve God. Well, I know that you agree with what I'm going to say because you sang about it. I want to be a worker for the Lord. You're singing and making melody in your hearts to whom? To the Lord. You're promising Him this is what you want to do. That we want to serve Him and understand the joy that is found in, in serving Him. We always admire those who have that great faith that we see in God that we can find, for example, in the book of Philippians in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained or am already perfect, perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that lie behind, 
reaching forward towards those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then just look at 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything else you see otherwise, God will even will reveal even this to you. It's great to have a faith in God that saves us through the trials and the tribulations. But it comes from our determination that as we're saying in the song, I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to make that determination that it is God whom I want to please. And to believe that in whatever I go through in this life, that it's exactly what he is willing to do. There is a wide range of interests among Christians about their attitude towards God and about service to God. And oftentimes it varies very greatly along the way. There are some who are filled with zeal, like we find in First Thessalonians chapter 1. Verses 2 and 3. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the side of our God and Father. We want to do those things that would be pleasing in the eyes of God. We want to be that worker for the Lord and understand what it is that he has to offer us. When we have that determination, it changes how we look at life. It changes how we perceive things within life. It changes our attitude about why we're here this morning. Why we choose to come. And what we're thinking about when we make the preparation to come to services. The willingness to make the sacrifice within our life. You choose what you want to do. And when you make choices, that also eliminates other items. And it's how you choose to do that that makes the difference. If you've done it out of the love that you have for God, the love that you have for Jesus who so willingly gave his life on a cross, that through his blood that we may have the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life. We have a love for his word that the Holy Spirit has left for us. It changes how we view services. It changes how we view our coming and wanting to have that fellowship that we have with one another. It changes how we view the Bible. Are we reading it to have something to read? Are we reading it to fulfill a plan that we have for reading? Read through the Bible in a year and really not stop and listen. This is God's word to us. Are we listening to what God has to say to us? through the word that he's given to us? Are we filled with zeal and wanting to learn and to grow and then to teach? 
and then to invite others to the Lord as well. Because as we read the scriptures that have application to us, we read in Revelation 3, verses 15 and 16, there are those that have become lukewarm. They're neither hot nor are they cold. They're just lukewarm. And the Lord says to those that are lukewarm that he would rather you would be hot or that he would rather you be cold. But because you're lukewarm, he will spill you out of his mouth. Just the thought of what he's saying. How do you view your service to God? Is it what dominates your life? Is it controls what you think and what you do? Or are you like those that are in the world that are just cold? Unconcerned about what God has to say. The sad thing is there are times when there are Christians who want to kind of go between the two. And again, in Revelation, they're described as being lukewarm. And in being lukewarm, they're not pleasing to God. They attend sporadically. They're willing to give the leftovers to God. They neglect the opportunities to study. Opportunities oftentimes are made as, as opposed to just happen to be there. You make the determinations of what you and how you're going to use the time that you have. But there are some who, as reminded in Second Timothy 4 and verse 10, there are some who have become cold and have forsaken the Lord. Having loved this present world, they have departed from serving God. God does not force you once you make a decision to serve Him. He does not force you to continue in service to Him. You come out of your own initiative. You come out of your own free will. You come out of the love that you have for Christ and for God and for His love for you. And it's because of His love for you his care upon you, his desire to help you through his word, that he desires that you stay with him. But there will be some who will let the cares of the world choke out the word of God. They want the time to be their time. I have to do this, I have to do this, and this is the only time that I have for myself. And we're not ours. Indeed, we belong to God along the way. It's always a sad situation when you're in a congregation or you move to a new congregation. But as you're given oftentimes a church directory, many of you have old church directories. And as you go down through there, what do you see? Names of those who have simply quit. They may have quit for what they thought was a good reason or not. But oftentimes, if they thought they quit for a good reason or quit attending a particular congregation for a good reason, you find oftentimes as time goes on, they simply quit the Lord. They just quit serving. 
They just quit going. And you determine which one of those three has application to you. Where are you in this spiritual journey that we have from the joy, as we mentioned in the Bible class this morning? What do you see on the face of one who comes up out of that watery grave of baptism? Do you see joy? I said, you see a sour face. And he said, no, you don't see no sour face when they come up out of that watery grave of baptism. They know why they went down into that water. They know what they are when they come up out of that water. And there is a joy there. And there is a joy then to know that as you are there and those who have watched that take place, that you have brothers and sisters in Christ. Where does the love go? What do we allow to cool it down? Why God gave us his word. For we have these challenges and this is why we have these scriptures to encourage us, to stimulate us, to rebuke us at times. Watch what you're doing. Be mindful of the life that you're living. Are you striving to serve God? Are we maintaining a high level of interest in the Lord's work. That's what we talked about in the reading this morning. We find Paul praying for the Colossians, in which he mentions three things that contribute to interest, to desire, to fervor, and to zeal. And he wants them to have that a part of their life. First one being knowledge. Knowledge will increase interest. The more you know, the more you know about who God is, the more you can see his plan and marvel at what he's done. The more you're interested or the more you know about God, the more you know about who Jesus is, why he came, why he lived the life that he lived, why he endured the things that he endured. Why he suffered on that cross and died. And then to read about the work of the Spirit in helping others to learn and to grow. That they also may have that opportunity to become a child of God. The Colossians bore fruit in response to their understanding of God's grace. You see that in chapter 1 and in verse 6. Which has come to you as it has also come into all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it also is among you since the day that you heard it. The power of God's word, it bears fruit. It starts from the day that you become a child of the living God. That fruit is already being sown. It's already beginning to grow. But it has to be fed. And that comes through that knowledge of the Word of God. To understand that God is not looking for a reason to condemn you. You're already condemned outside of Christ. He's looking for a reason to save you. He's looking for a reason to be able to help you. 
to grow in this life here and to have that desire and that anticipation for indeed what lies beyond this life. The more that we learn of God's will, the more excited that we will become. You go back to the Psalm 119. And in verse 111. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. For they are rejoicing. They are the rejoicing of my heart. I've taken his testimony. That's my heritage. That's my history. Do some family research on my name and and the history that goes along with it. And I enjoy doing that. Do I enjoy this as my history? This is my family. This goes back to my father, who is God above. This is his love demonstrated of how he's watched over his children. And it is, it is a delight to the soul. They are a rejoicing of the heart to see again that loving care that he's had and how he's worked it out through all of his people from the beginning of time in order that we might be his. You go with the verse 162. I will rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Is that our heart's desire? Is that a reflection of who we are? That we find great joy, we find great pleasure in the word of God. It's God's love letter to us. It's God's patience with us. It's God's forbearance with us. And it's God's hope for us. That as we read and have a love for it, that the change will take place in our life. 164. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Again, Psalm 119, that's what it's about. It's about the word of God and the child of God. Almost every verse will talk about the word of God and the child of God. And what that word means to the child of God. How it guides and directs us. How it gives us hope. How we can find forgiveness when we transgress and confess those transgressions to God along the way. Obtaining this knowledge requires diligence. It requires effort if you're going to have this type of knowledge that gives you hope and satisfaction and peace and joy. If we neglect, we'll be have to be we'll have to be taught all over again. Hebrews five and verse twelve. There are times when there were those who have become children of God, gone through the process and have enjoyed the benefits of being a child of God. And at a time when they ought to be sharing what they've learned, they have forgotten and need to be taught again. What a sad commentary. To have known the love and the joy of God and then to forget it. To forget what it was. To have someone who sat down and taught you. To have someone who helped you to see the word of God more perfectly 
to understand exactly what it is saying and how we need to be willing to abide by it, that it may guide and direct us through this life. To grow, we must always desire the Word of God like a babe desires milk. Out of 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. And there's no doubt about how a baby desires milk. They have no concept of time. We do. But do we have a con- should we have a con- no concept of time when it comes to wanting to know more about God? Listen to all the opportunities that are provided for us. The means that we have available for God's word to hear it. However we go, have travel about or whatever it's about, we have access to it. It says that hunger and that thirst for it, wanting to know more and more. How can you, as you read, not say, why couldn't you give us more? Love to have some more details on some of this. I'm trying to grow. And how is it done? But he said, I've given you what you need. You have everything that you need. It pertains to life and to godliness. You have it. Hunger after it, thirst after it, search after it. Love it. Apply it and grow along the way. Again, the psalmist provides good examples for us. Back in Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statues. I will not forget your word. That our life, that a description of us. It's what we talked about. It's what we're saying. I want to be that worker for the Lord. I want to know what's involved in serving Him and serving Him out of a heart, out of love and desire to please Him. Go over to verses 97 and following. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I made a decision. I'm turning away from that which is wrong in order that I might learn what is right and keep God's word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. There's a walk worthy of the Lord. That our desire again was what we read in the scripture reading. To walk worthy of the Lord, we must add unto this knowledge. Uh, participation. 
and participation in God's work increases the interest that we have in the work that is being done. It's being true. It's true in so many different areas of our life. Do you have a love for what you enjoy doing or what you have what you're involved in? I've known those who have a tremendous love for sports. And they could give you the rundown of everything that's going to take place this afternoon. Is there that type of love for God, for his word, for service that we render to him and our joy in participating in what is there? There's a blessedness in doing the will of God. Look over in the Gospel of John. In chapter 17. In verse 13. But now I come to you. And these things that I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus wants you to participate with him. He wants you to know the joy that he has with the Father. He wants that for you. He's called our brother. He's our Savior. But he came because of his love for us and what he wants us to have access to. And the more we participate, the deeper that goes. The more that we delve into his work, into his word, and an understanding of who he is, it just enhances who we are, increases the desire for us to stay where he is and to do his will along the way. Happiness comes to those who walk in the ways of the Lord. Again, that's how the psalmist began Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him, with a whole heart. There's a blessedness that comes in walking in the way of the Lord and participating. You cannot walk unless you're participating. No way to walk with Christ unless you're with Him. Going where He leads, we say, Lord, lead me. Well, Him to lead, we have to be willing to follow. If He's leading us, I don't know how sometimes we picture that in our mind if we wanted him to lead us by the hand and in essence dragging us along. So that's not how he works. He leads us as we follow, as we've made the commitment that he's made to the Father. Father, I came to do your will. The words that I speak are your words. The deeds that I do are your deeds. I want to be found pleasing in your eyes, Father, that our desire as we walk with the Lord and do the things that would be pleasing to him in the life that we live. So that we can be called his children along the way. 
There's a satisfaction in knowing that you are a doer of the word and not merely a hearer. You can look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27 and James 1, 22 and 23. The one who does is the one who is blessed. The one who builds his house on that rock, he's the one who is blessed. Those who are just simply there have no joy. And they have no hope for what lies beyond this life unless there is indeed a change that is made. We need to know and to believe with the depths of our heart that any labor that we do for the Lord is not in vain. Out of 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Know assuredly that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. No one may listen to you. No one may want to respond to what you have to say. But your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You're doing what God has asked you to do. To live for Him. To serve Him. Scatter His seed. Share the word. It's not up to you to make sure that everybody you shared the word with responds in a positive way. Yours is to share. Your labor for God is never in vain. Well, that was a wasted effort. No, not a wasted effort. If we're serving God, it's never a wasted effort. We've done it for years and seen no results. It's in vain. No, we're serving God. Our labor is not in vain as we serve God. Paul is he's writing to those Colossians. Again, in chapter 1 and in verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. We're serving God. Are we enjoying being blessed and enriched by what we do for God? Believing that God does enrich our lives. Believing that God does bless our lives. And that we indeed want to serve Him. Third involved in that is spiritual growth. Got to have that knowledge for God. We have to be willing to participate in God. And we have to be willing to grow. Anything that's alive is to be growing. And we need to be careful about, again, how we want to judge this growth. There are some plants that grow tremendously fast and bear the fruit very early. The rather trees that take time to grow. Again, coming out of California on the redwoods trees. I mean, just go out and look at them things. Just look at the height of them and realize how long they've been there. I've known individuals who have brought home little clumps of uh, redwood trees and they're going to plant them and uh, put them in a bowl of water and going to watch them grow. It's always interesting to see that because it's a, you're, you're never going to see the end result of that. You can watch them grow a little bit. I mean, they'll be there two, three years and they'll be about that high. If they're that high, uh, they take time. But they're alive. Sometimes it takes time. That's the hard part for us at times. We want each one of us to grow. We, that's what we expect out of each other as we love God and are serving Him. All of us are going to be growing and serving Him. But it's not at the same rate. It's not at the same pace. And it's hard to be patient. But that's why we're given these examples. 
It takes time to grow and to be steadfast in the Lord. But that's what we have to do is to grow and serve Him. Failure to grow have led many to fall away from the Lord. If you're going to grow, you have to stay with Him. You have to have continual food. It's not coming sporadically. I've been given various plants down through the years, and I've been told these are plants that you cannot kill. You have not been in my household. And I don't care what plant it is, I can kill it. One way or another. You've got to give it water. I give it water. You don't water that. Yeah, well, I water too much. Yes, I understand that. You don't give them that much water. Well, I understand that part too. If you don't give them any water, they don't grow either. Uh, I'm just simply saying we have to be growing. We have to be where the nurture is or the nourishment is, the nutrients. We have to be in God's Word. We have to be in fellowship with God. We have to be in participation in the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to have that deep love for the Lord and for His Word. We have to have an anticipation, a desire, and a longing to be in heaven with God one day. And as a result of that, we will do the things that will go along the way. And growth in God's work will increase our interest again in God's work. Just seeing the changes in one another. Sometimes we don't see the growth because we haven't looked. Look around. Have an understanding of the lives of those that we're in contact with and where they are, where they've been, what they've been going through. To see the commitment that is there. See them struggle through the trials that they're there and give that encouragement along the way. But with that growth, it increases the interest that we have along the way. Increases our desire again in studying His Word. It's amazing how many nuggets there are in God's Word from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, the whole book. But as you read through it, because of where I am at a particular time, there are verses that hit me in a different way than they did 10 years ago. And there's a joy in it. There's verses that I've read over and studied at times. And then because of what's gone through in my life, I read that verse again. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten about that verse. It takes on different meanings along the way. That's the joy of it. As our interest increases, we see more and more of that depth of God's love within our life. We're not alone in our efforts to serve God. God will work with us, verse 11 of Colossians 1. He works in our lives. He doesn't leave us alone. We need to be willing to participate with him and do his will along the way. We should be thankful We should be thankful that God, through his word, has qualified us to receive the reward that is to come. You ever thought about that? You ought to be thankful that God has counted you worthy to be his child and to reward you one day in heaven. Where are you in this walk? Where are you in this life that you live? I'm always touched by the song we're going to sing.
Who at the door is standing, patiently waiting to come in? Who at the door? It's the Lord. He's at the door of your heart. Will entrance be granted? Will you let him in? Not just a little. Let him into the life. Let him into the house. Let him take up his abode, his dwelling place in your life and in your home. And be the one that God would be able to say in that final day, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. If your life is not of that condition, you need to change. If we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision and making a life right with God, then indeed we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.